a bunch of questions that have come up so we will take those questions and then we'll give you our top two in hour two um greg you are up about a question about cranberry sauce how you doing this is greg hi Hi. greg you're on there what can we help you with yeah there was a woman who called uh last week about cranberries and something i've done for years to bump up cranberry sauce is put a can of cranberry sauce in a saucepan, uh, add half teaspoon of cinnamon, half teaspoon of cloves, a pinch of allspice, and uh, like a one-third cup of orange marmalade. Yeah. And you war- warm that to to combine it. And that's it. It takes like five minutes, and it uh, adds a lot of flavor. I love it. It's great. It's great on everything. It's great on uh, like ice cream and yogurt. And yeah, waffles. yeah, yeah. I love it. Good stuff. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Appreciate you calling in. We are going to now move on to Jean. Jean, you are live on the air with us with what sides should you make with braised pork? Is that your question? Hello? Hi, Hi. Jean. How are you doing? Hi, yes. My whole family hates turkey. Great. Probably because most of them worked for Jenny O's in Wilmer. So um, that's off the table. So this year we're making braised pork. Yum. And I do have some apples in my freezer that I'm going to make, like a, a homemade applesauce. I just need some ideas on kind of what other sides would go real well. Traditional sides just are not something my family does. How about grits? Cheesy grits? Oh, never tried that. It's, it's delicious. Just with like polenta. Yeah, with pulled okay. pork. That's a really good one. Um, and you can even put like crispy shallots on the top. Okay. Um, I do I do Brussels sprouts with pork all the time. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Okay, I just okay. had my candied Brussels sprouts oh, well, was I just, just published. I just in listened the, on the other hour, yes. Yeah, pie press, so yeah. that's a great recipe, and it's not hard. Right. Okay. How about roasted cauliflower, too, which is sort of like, oh, you know, yeah. an easy one that like doesn't really make it to the table on Thanksgiving, but it's a really great vegetable side. And you can okay. either like serve it whipped like a mashed potato, or yeah. you could like I rub it. blacken it, actually. Yeah. And then like, so that it kind of gets a little sweeter, and then just throw a bunch of cheese on there, sorry, but not no, sorry. No, 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 so... I don't have a lot of oven space. Okay. So um, what would you do, like maybe something in the crock pot? I could do the Brussels sprouts, what, on top of the stove? Yeah. And then maybe the crock, cauliflower crock pot? Yeah. Well, you're braising your pork. I'm braising my pork. So I would say that you can take your pork out of the oven before you're doing your, if you need the oven space, because braised pork like you want to pull it out sure. and then shred it and then you can cover it and it sits there warm and it's not going to cook anymore. So you can take that out and let it sit on the counter while you use your oven for other things if you need to. Oh, perfect. 
I was, if you're going to use cauliflower in the crock pot, you can. You're going to add your water, put your yeah. head in there. But then I would treat it as a mash. Yeah. You okay. don't want to steam it. Like it needs, you're going to, it's just a different flavor. Yep, yep, yep. I've done, I've done that before. Okay. So, like I said, I just have kind of a weird family. No, lastly, you're good. Lastly, you're before we let you go, Jean, creamed corn. Cream corn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to do that. Okay, sure. creamed well corn. Well done. All right. Jean. Good All right, luck, Jean. So Send us pictures. Let us know what you end up cooking. Becky, you are up next with a question about Thanksgiving. Hi, Becky. Welcome to the show. You're live. Hi. I have a couple questions. Number one is about wine, how much, what type. I have 12 people that will be drinking wine. What do you normally recommend and how much? Six bottles, three whites, three reds. I would okay. also go, we like to, and of course, I like to do a natural, layer like an orange wine in there, or like we love, of course, the Emily, which is not a not a rosé, but it's a Pinot and Chardonnay blend, sort of, so that it doesn't... It's Emily? It's, yes, the Emily from Long Ridge Estates. Emily. The okay. Emily, yep. It's a marvelous. It's a great table wine for Thanksgiving because it kind of goes with everything. And for okay, your... So three white, three red. What about if I'm serving wine beforehand? That's good. You're still... You've got I enough. Would, well, well, yeah, okay. Depends, it depends on your people, really. I mean, I just think, like, if you want to do a bubble at the front of it and maybe do, like, an easy, like, ready-to-drink cocktail or something ahead of time so that your wine, you know you have wine for your table and you're not going to run out. A bubble's a good idea. But doing, like, a sparkling kava or something like that is a great way to start. Okay, sparkling kava. Yep. Okay, my next question I'm almost afraid to ask you guys. Concerns <laughs> green bean casserole. Do you ever make that? Yeah, we've all made it. I don't, I'm not okay. a big, my family, we were laughing about it, that we don't really make. It's not my favorite, but I've yeah. had it, you know, I've made it. I feel like I have to make it, because I've always made it, but um, I'm just looking at the recipe right now. It says it serves six people, and there's 12, but I suspect six servings is probably going to be enough. What do you think? What Let's, else are you serving? Yeah, you have other sides. Uh, I, have, I make like a sweet potato casserole, stuffing. Um, mashed potatoes, turkey, of course. You're fine. Um, Green beans okay. are one of those ones that if you don't have a lot of them, it's still okay, I feel like. Okay, okay. And then your your uh, cranberry jello, you said? Yes. It's a jello with cranberries in it? I'm making jello. I'm making a jello mold, like a jello salad. You know what I mean? Okay. Like a classic yeah. 1950s Midwest Minnesota Jello salad, but it's going to okay, be cranberry. So I can just look that up online. I'm wondering too if I should make a fruit salad. My mom always did, and I haven't for a while. Would you say that would go well with this? No. I mean, we're, I'm not. We're not really fruit. I don't no. want fruit on my Thanksgiving table at all. <laughs> okay. okay, no fruit. Okay. Save it. So, think what I have is enough. Yes, yes. I think you have a great sounding. Do you have spread. an appetizer? No, but what would you suggest? I'm going to post one right now. It was going to be my top two. So we'll kind of move into that, and then we'll take these other questions. We've got Becky and Brian okay, on the line. I will listen for the app. Okay. That. I'm okay, going to... thank you. Yeah, one of my top twos is a recipe that has just been posted by Heartbeat Kitchen. She's a local gal, Amanda Pa. I love her recipes. Fresh cranberry jalapeno cream cheese dip. So she's got a cream cheese and goat cheese whip. And then she's topping it with like a salsa that's made with cranberry and jalapenos. It looks beautiful. I think it's a great Thanksgiving dip idea. I'm going to post that as one of my top twos. Okay, perfect. 
How about you, Miss Stephanie? Do we have any other callers? I'd sure. Get Do you want to take them? Sure. Becky, let's go ahead with you. You're on for the Thanksgiving question. Becky. Becky was the one that. Oh, we got her. To. And we got Brian. So, oh, wait. Do we have another someone there's about. Brian question? and there's someone calling right now, but I can't answer because oh. I was going to put brian on and then i could answer that. okay okay let's do that and then we'll take brian about the gravy question and then we'll come back okay hi grand brian do you have a question about gravy i i don't really have a question about gravy i was going to give you guys a really quick easy hack that you can do for your gravy please and, oh, by the way, March, that was the best apple select <laughs> we have ever, ever had. I'm so glad I Thank knew it was you. you. so much. I knew it was you when so you started good. talking. I love it. So good. <laughs> so, no, the, and it's super easy way to do your gravy. You do it the day before, but you take, like, a half a pound of butter and a couple onions, and you sweat all those down, and then... And you can just put, throw that back in the fridge. And while you're doing that, throw a couple turkey legs in the crock pot or Instant Pot with your reg- regular veggies and stuff. Roast those off, save the drippings. Then the next day, make your gravy, but then add a little um, white wine and cognac and then oh. do individual portions for oh. and float a, float a little cognac on top. I like and the light cognac. it on fire. Yeah. So everybody gets their own little flaming gravy. Oh my God. Flaming gravy? Brian, that is good. I am in for flaming gravy. Holy buckets. I love it. Yeah, you dim all the lights so it makes a big presentation. Maybe everybody gets a match too to light it up. I don't know. That's That's amazing. Oh, I love this idea. That's That's fun. fun. Flaming gravy. All right. right. Thanks for calling in. All right. And and I'm going to do your Brussels sprouts. Oh, good. Yeah. Do it. I hope you do. do. They're they're fun. They're good. I'll let you know. Yeah, send okay. us the pics. We have a few All other right. questions. We've got Judy. Do we have time to take Judy? We're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to take Judy's call. We're going to finish our top two. I'm going to give you some macaroni and cheese ideas. We'll be back. We're listening to The Weekly Dish. I do love a little Taylor Swift. I can't say I haven't been listening to this record on repeat because I have. I have not yet. Maybe I'll do that today. Uh, it's It's all right. It's good. It's good. Good. It's good. All right. I love so, Swift. We did have a caller who wants to know. Oh, here she goes. Yeah. She's Judy. She says, Hy-Vee has a sale. Um, oh, oh, she says, buy a ham and get a free turkey. Is this a good deal? Which is better, ham versus turkey? Gosh, that's just subjective, man. I mean, like, that's just like some days you want ham, some days you want turkey. And Judy, if you can buy the ham and get the free turkey, as long as the turkey meets your standards of how you want your turkey, then yeah, it's yeah, a totally it. great deal. Get it. Because you could cook your ham for Christmas yeah. or for New Year's Day. If you have room in your freezer, just freeze one of those and then you've got something for the next holiday. Yes, I, I love it. That. Okay, let's finish up our top two. Uh, or do you just want to do one and we'll just go with top ones this week? Let's go with top ones this week. I only have one anyway. So. Okay, great. Top ones. All right. My top one is actually Holly Go Fabulous, which is something that I'm doing tomorrow. And you guys can still buy tickets if you want to come. And it's at the Galleria. We do it every year. Um, and it's kind of this whole thing of the kickoff to the holiday season. So I'm at the Galleria tomorrow. Um, and I think there's two sessions. Um, and you have to look on the website. We'll put a link up. Um, but it's a $10 ticket and that's just really just so that you guys, you know, so that everybody, sh- you know, it comes and hangs out, but we're doing cookbooks pairing with gifts. So like if you're thinking about giving a gift, like a food gift to someone, I'm going to find you the right book to put with the right 
item that has like in the gallery. Like I went to William Sonoma and I found a bunch of stuff that I thought was cool. And then I found the book that I would want to pair with it. I love it. And then we're going to preview some of the other hot books, you know, some of the big nationals like Turkey and the Wolf. And we're going to talk about, you know, all the books to find. And of course, we'll talk about Stephanie Hansen's book because how do we not? Um, you put it in your magazine. I know. I put it in your uh, magazine. I was very impressed. Right? So come tomorrow to the Galleria. Buy a ticket. It's 10 bucks. We can hang out. There's also some whiskey being sipped because clearly my throat is going to need that whiskey. Um, and it happens to be the seven year that we had Gina Holman on. The seven year from Jay Carver. We're going to be sipping that. But if you can't make it tomorrow, just letting you know that there is another weekend of it. And we have Jane Hogan Olson, our, you know, our big, she was our former, she was our style editor. Now she's our president of the company. But we also have Grant doing a fashion show next Sunday, I think. Love it. So come on down to Holly Go Fabulous. Okay, that's Holly Go Fabulous. Uh, Next Saturday from 12 to 2, I'm going to be at the General Store Minnetonka signing books. And then Black Friday, I'm going to be at Williams Sonoma for four hours. On Black Friday? Uh, on the Saturday after the radio show. After the show. radio show? Yes. Uh, oh, we, yeah. Yeah. I need to... Uh, you need to make sure that you're... Sure. That could be a little challenging to do both because I thought I wasn't working. I know. I was going to say you need to make sure that you've got all your tickets straight on that one. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be at Williamson Hour from 12 to 4 on Saturday the 26th. Okay. All okay. Right. Let's now, talk mac and cheese because people are waiting. Let us talk mac and cheese. Okay. I have decided that for whatever reason, macaroni and cheese has made it to the Thanksgiving table. It has graduated. It is both for grownups. It is always good for kids, too. And I think that the Thanksgiving meal, a lot of the kids have texture issues sometimes. So I think a good mac and cheese on the table makes sure that there's always something good for the kids. Yes. So I have a bunch of recipes I'm going to just whip down here for you. Let's go. Okay. Patty LaBelle's mac and cheese. Which is, this the, is the rainbow mac the and Elizabeth cheese. Reese. It is the Elizabeth Reese mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. It also coincidentally is the macaroni and cheese that Jason is now bringing to his Thanksgiving table. Oh. Um, it is a delicious mac and cheese. It is a very creamy version. Um, it is fairly easy to make. And it's just really delicious and cheesy. It has three different kinds of cheese. It's pretty standard. It's got half and half. And it makes a good, delicious um, cheese. You, It does have Velveeta in it, which is... And which I'm fine with. I just, that feels to me... I, and I'm, this, is, this is just my one contrarian moment, just to tell you that I love mac and cheese. Love it, love it, love it. But I feel like if it was on my Thanksgiving table, I would overeat it. You know oh, what I mean? You, like you I would eat it too too much of it, and then I'd be like, "Well, crap! I didn't even touch the squash." Yeah, or the so other thing. That's my own contrarian moment. Why I can't have it on my table. All right, I am gonna post all these recipes, but it's gonna take me a little bit today. So, okay. look for this today. I yep. will do the whole thing. Yep. Here's option two. Yeah. Option two is sheet pan mac and cheese. Yeah. Now, if you have oven issues, this isn't the best for you. But if you've got space in the oven, this is literally a macaroni and cheese that you make in a sheet pan. The benefit being you get a lot of the crispy bits on the top. A lot of crusties, if you love that. And I am a crusty lover. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. So that's sheet pan macaroni. That's what Kurt said. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The third part of this is Instant Pot five-minute macaroni. So this is in the Instant Pot. It is creamy. It is not crusty. It is something that won't take up any oven space. It's got uh, the shells. It's got chicken broth. It's got real cheese. There's no Velveeta in the recipe. It's whole milk, sharp cheddar, mozz, and parm. Yes, yes, yes. So that's a good one. Always good for the kids. Here's another one. Ina Garten's overnight 
instant pot mac or excuse me overnight mac and cheese not in the instant pot here's the trick it is a rolled like a cavatappi pasta yep heavy cream gruyere breadcrumbs unsalted butter nutmeg and the cheese and what she does is the day before you plan to serve it you get the water boiling you add salt to the water Meanwhile, in another bowl, you have the cream, the gruyere, all the cheese, the nutmeg, the pepper. You stir the hot pasta into the creamy mixture. You cover the bowl with plastic and you refrigerate it for 24 hours and the pasta absorbs the cream. Then what you do when you're ready to bake it is you allow the mac and cheese to come up to room temperature and you put it in a buttered baking dish at 400 and you bake it for 20 minutes. That makes sense. So it's all the night before prep. If you think about like you're boiling when you boil the pasta, mm-hmm. it just is, you know, it yeah. absorbs the cream. It absorbs. Huh. That's the liquid. Wow. So I've never seen her. Uh, this isn't a new recipe for her this year, but I'm telling you it's her recipes work. Oh, yeah. She's tested them like 22 no, times. I will not mess you up. No. So this is a good one. If you just want to have everything made the night before <laughs> and then you're just popping things into the oven. Okay. Okay, so we've got now Patty LaBelle's mac and cheese. We've got a sheet pan mac and cheese. We've got a five-minute mac and cheese in the Instant Pot. We've got the overnight mac and cheese. Uh, this is uh, oven mac and cheese, which I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Um, and this is got chili relleno and white cheddar. Wait, cre- you, are you doing the creamy macaroni and cheese from Julia Moskin? I am backing up for a second okay. and starting with chili relleno, white okay. mac and cheese. <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to include this one is because it has poblano peppers. Yeah. So if great. you want kind of like a fancier adult version of mac and cheese and you want it to look a little fancier, then I think that's a good version. And last but certainly not least, we come back to just creamy macaroni and cheese that can be made. Um, this one is in the oven. What you do that's different is you puree butter, cottage cheese, milk, mustard, cayenne, nutmeg, salt, pepper. You reserve a quarter cup of grated cheese for the topping and you add milk and you have a crumbly top. So this is a a mac and cheese that's a little less rich because instead of using all of the um, cream, you use two cups of milk and then you add the cottage cheese. And you blend it. Okay. So it's very different. Yeah. But also delicious. Right. And I have a recipe in my cookbook, like about macaroni and about cottage cheese and sour cream. Remember the noodles that we've talked about? So these are six different types of recipes, kind of for different situations. So if you want to get mac and cheese (coughs) on the table, this will do that. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We have like two minutes. We do. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you one thing that, because as, as I was looking up that New York Times creamy macaroni and cheese, yes. I was looking at something that came up on New York Times and I meant to talk about it. Broccoli Aligo. The Aligot potatoes. Yes. Um, which are those like ones at PS Steak, which are so rich. So, but they have cheese in them. Creamy. They're so like whipped, right? So they did this. Um, Ham, this, I'm going to say it wrong, but Ham El Wali did this really great. Um, they did it with broccoli and they did it with just the floret tops. And it's this bright green mash that has like a little stretch to it because of the cheese. And I think I'm going to put that on the side of the, the table this year and see how that goes. I have a bad feeling about I that. I know you do. And I'm so excited to try it. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically four large broccoli heads. It, you do butter, you do salt and pepper, heavy cream and whole milk mozzarella. 
How is that going to hold up, though? I don't know, but it looks amazing. <laughs> and it's like, basically, you're like shaving off the green part. So it's really almost like you're not using the stalks at all. You're so cute, though. Like, <laughs> just if you could see her face. She's over so here. Excited not feeling it. awesome with yeah. the scarf, no, a just, hat, yeah. her big glasses, yeah. and just like acting like it's Christmas morning because she's going to make some broccoli <laughs> elegant. Okay. This is why she's the expert and I'm the eater on the show. <laughs> and with that, we're... Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Um, thanks for joining us today on one of our pre-feast shows. We're definitely hoping to answer all your needs and, and give you guys lots of tips. But we also want to think about this time of year is very important, obviously, for small family farms and for farmers. So we wanted to bring on a special guest today. We have Sarah Carroll with us on the line. Are you there, Sarah? Oh, are you there, Sarah? I I do not have Sarah. Oh, you don't. Okay, sorry. I thought she said she was on. <clears throat> we do you we'll have get her number, Sarah? Could you? Yeah, Lexi yeah. Just will, give me one minute. Sorry. Yeah, Lexi will get her pulled up. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what Sarah Carroll is, what she does, and um, and what her organization does because I kind of joined their board, yeah. and I think it's a really great organization, um, and it's called Greener Pastures, and we're going to talk a little bit about what her mission is because I think. This is a, you know, this is, you know, a, someone who saw a need and saw a potential to build a nonprofit and help, you know, sustainable farmers and do some storytelling around that. And so yeah. I'm super excited because I think that when we talk about doing, you know, we talk about Thanksgiving is a big time when we talk about giving back and people want to do things like, you know, um, they want to like package food for people or work in a kitchen or all this kind of stuff. And I always think about that there's so many other things that we could do most of the year, right? Instead of just doing it once during Thanksgiving or that kind of stuff. But um, but I think that there's, if you think about some of the nonprofits, you know, in town, we really need to like spend more time than just Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Doing good stuff. Are you there, Sarah? Are you, are you online? Hi, Sarah. Are you there? You're live with us. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. I was just telling everybody a little bit about what Greener Pastures, kind of what it, you know, just excited that we found, that I found you guys as a nonprofit because of the good work you're doing. So let's talk a little bit about like what it is that Greener Pastures is and why you decided that it was, it needed to exist, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you both so much for having me on the show. (laughs) This is such a treat. And yeah, you know, I run an organization called Greener Pastures, and we are all about helping to make our food system more humane, sustainable, just, and local while building the movement to end factory farming. And Steph, I so appreciate your question about, you know, why did we think that this is something that needed to come into the world? Right. You know, I I like to briefly share my personal story of how I became involved in the movement to build a better local food system. And, you know, like a lot of folks, I grew up in a pretty urban area where most folks have the impression that food comes from the grocery store, not from a farm. And when I was about eight years old, my folks thought it would be a really cool idea to take us to a dairy a couple hours away to get a sense of how cows were milked. (laughs) And unfortunately, little did they know they were taking us to a factory farm, a a CAFO, a concentrated animal feeding operation. I was really proud of what they were doing. They had a great open door policy, but I got to see up close and personal from a really young age, the typical way that animal products are produced in our country. 
And I won't share any gory details, but, you know, that's sufficient to say you can be a really young person and see really up close and personal and have it resonate with you when you know that the way that we're raising our food is not humane, it's not sustainable, it's not good for our communities, it's not good for public health. So that lit a fire in me from a really young age and let me know, hey, I think there's some work to do here and I'm going to have a role to play in that. So fast forward, you know, in my career, I've been doing work in grassroots organizing at the intersection of food, environment, animal welfare, democracy. And as I started working on these issues, I realized something was missing, that while there is a lot of passion that folks have to build a better food system, we're not showing the stories of what's possible enough, that folks get really passionate they see what's possible, and it opens the door to changing hearts and minds so that folks actually want to spend their money to support pasture-based local farms. And they want to take grassroots action to build a better food system. When they see the stories of folks on the forefront of that movement doing what we need so much more of in our food system. So, so that's you, what Greener Pastures does. So can you, like, we have a lot of people that are going to be going into their stores and going into their co-ops. Yeah. And when you think about how you want people to think about when they're in the grocery store, when they're buying, are there things they should look for that could support this mission or should they be buying, you know, not, is it as simple as sustainable items? What's the, what's the thing that the grocer can do? Yeah. I love that question so much because if your listeners are anything like me, they've had those moments where they've walked into their local grocery store and you have what I like to call aisle paralysis. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. You get kind of stuck knowing that you want to shop in ways that meet your values and that help build a better food system, but then enter the confusing, misleading, hair scratching landscape of food marketing claims and confusing labels. So at Greener Pastures, we like to suggest that folks do a couple of different things. The first thing is whenever possible, try to buy your animal products and your produce directly from a local sustainable or regenerative farmer. But how do you, like we're in the grocery store, so how do you know that when you're in the grocery store? Yeah, folks who are better suited to go into a grocery store or co-op to make that decision can do a couple things instead. One thing folks can do is go up to the butcher counter and have a conversation with the local butcher and the meat section and ask, hey, I would really like to purchase an animal product that came from farms near here that were raising their animals on pasture and doing really great practices. That's a great idea. What can you suggest? Yeah, yeah, totally. And then we... Also helpful to understand what labels mean what and which ones are worth hanging your hat on. So we have a great label guide on Greener Pastures website, twogreenerpastures.org, where we give a really simple rating to the different labels you might see on a packaged, you know, curtain of eggs or super helpful. Because people and just don't know. Simple rating. Yeah, exactly. I love that. There's, those are really good places to start. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and I think that when you're looking at like co-ops or if you're thinking about shopping <clears throat> places that are known for helping support other people and things, those, you know, like the people at the Wedge in Linen Hills, like Jill was on earlier with us, they have a, they have a vested interest in helping educate you. So don't ever be afraid to just talk to anybody about it, really. And if it exactly. all feels overwhelming, you know, the co-ops, all of the co-ops in the Twin Cities have a vetted list 
of what allow gets allowed in the store. And that's a small piece of it, but it might be taking some of the decision making out of it for you, the shopper. If you just shop at the right place, you know. Right. Exactly. It takes so much of that decision fatigue out of it when you can go into a place that is already helping to make some of those decisions of, hey, we're going to prioritize local farms. Hey, Absolutely. we're going to prioritize farms where they were raising their animals on pasture. Hey, we're going to create really simple in-store rating systems or label systems where we put a little note on the package saying, hey, this is local. Or, hey, this is a little profile on the farm. I love that our local co-ops do a lot of that. Yeah, and what I love about uh, togreenerpastures.org has their resources. They've got these little guidebooks that they've kind of made. Not just Food Labels 101, which they have a great little master guide that you can, like, read it. But they've also got recommendations for sustainable regenerative gift giving. So, like, you know how you feel like sometimes you buy gifts and you're like, this is just more junk. Junk and trash. This is really nice that there's, like, (laughs) ideas and shop in products that have things that you can kind of give with value. You know, that you know that people are going to want to feel, you know, that isn't just more crap. I love it. That's always necessary. I really appreciate you saying that stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things that every person has in their power to build a better food system is we can shop with our dollar and vote with our dollar to build a better food system, shifting that community support and the economic support for farmers who are doing what we need so much more of. And we can take grassroots action to help build a better food system. So we have a policy landscape that supports everyone having access to humane, sustainable local food and producers in that landscape surviving and thriving. And so for folks who have that ability to vote with their dollar and who are thinking about making those choices around the holiday season, yeah, our regenerative gift guide is a really great place. If you want those quick and easy suggestions around, hmm, if I'm going to buy a gift for my mom or my roommate or my spouse, these are some really incredible local ethical farms that are making gorgeous handmade gifts yes. that build a better food system while not giving your loved ones, like you said, that, that disposable junkie gift. I love that. So you guys, I'm also going to put up on the website, They ha- we have a great thing on Greener Pastures, a Turkey 101, <clears throat> and that's mapping the many pathways of turkey production. So just so if you want to take a deeper dive into like, what does it really mean to be pasture raised? What does it mean to be heritage? All yeah. this kind of fun stuff is on there. But before we go, I do want to make sure that we mention that we are, there's a fundraiser that we are doing. And the board of directors, we're helping, we're kind of throwing this fundraiser at next Friday at La Doña Cerveceria. And it's going to be fun because it's really just one of those things that we'd like to invite everybody in to talk about this and learn about what Greener Pastures is doing and the good work that Sarah and her team are really doing for local farmers. And so I would really love to see you guys there. I'm going to be there. We're going to hang out. We're going to hear some great speakers, have some beer and some good times. Seriously. I love it. It's going to be fun. Right, Sarah? We're going to have good times. It's going to be so much fun. I hope (laughs) everyone joins us and, you know, we need folks who care about a local food system that means sustainable and just to join us in this. Yeah. It takes resources to do this education work, to do this visual storytelling, to do this advocacy. So I hope folks who are listening today will put on their calendars to join us at La Doña Friday from 6 to 8. Come learn about this work. Help us raise some money and listen to some incredible speakers who are helping to build this movement. So, so good. So good. Okay, great. Thank you, Sarah, for being on. We'll have you guys on again. We'll have when we have more stuff to celebrate. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is uh, the weekly dish. (laughs) (laughs) I just answered the phone. You just answered the phone on air. (laughs) That is my favorite moment of the day. (laughs) 
Hello, this is Stephanie. Uh, hello. Hello, this is Stephanie. Who are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a really fun show today. It was a good one. Talking all about, can I, someone asked, you know, about the amount of wine. I, <laughs> I like the idea of a bubble. I also yes. like the idea of a signature cocktail. And I did put, I have a cranberry syrup recipe on my website. That's pretty good that you could make like a, that with vodka or with gin, a little bubbles. You could mix it with kava if you want like a little signature cocktail help. Also, um, if you were going to drink wine with your turkey, we had Leslie Miller would say probably like a Pinot Noir. She might say a Beaujolais. She might say a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chenin Blanc. What do you drink with your turkey, Miss Stephanie? Oh, I drink the Emily. I'm so like a one horse, you know. It's one not a one horse badness. So it's a goodness. I would say that I've also found when Leslie was on last uh, time with us, I told her she because we're both in sip better. Uh, the wine club and I, she sent me this Mary Taylor. I want to say this beautiful wine that I should find it, but I'm telling you that it was like, it changed. I've, I haven't had a wine in a long time. That's like really surprised me. That's been like, wow, I, I love this. You know, and I love a Gruner. I love a Gruner Veltliner for one reason. Yeah. And then I also love a Vino Verde for another reason. Like a good, cheap Vino Verde has a nice little effervescent bubble. It's like seven bucks a bottle. You can usually find them you know, in the stores. And those are good ones to just have in your fridge for in case you run out of everything else, too. Stephanie, I think I know that the wine, that Mary Taylor, it was a Bordeaux Blanc. It was a Bordeaux Blanc. And it is uh, a 1099 bottle of wine. It's, you guys, it, it like, I'm going to go get a bunch of those for sure. And you can find those at Sip Better yep. in Minneapolis in the North Loop. And we did have Julie. She sent in an email asking if you could please repeat the Emily wine suggestion. It's the Emily from Long Ridge Estates. And I did put it up on the Facebook page for you. Long Ridge Winery, the Emily Chardonnay Pinot Noir. And it's, they call it a rosé, but it's not really. It's kind of a blend. It's just a beautiful thing for the Thanksgiving table. I feel like they should pay Weekly Dish for this because I feel like we have like established them for the month of November. Yes, probably. Yeah. Um, there's also a really good Gruner Vertliner that is only carried by Certix. Um, Gruners are great. You an guys. Austrian wine. Uh, uh, I want to say Kampal. Um, I will try to find that and connect that up to the show page as well. So just keep your eye on our Facebook page the next day and yeah, a half. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll and, go home and load some stuff up too. So um, We have a lot there. I also, if you want to subscribe to my newsletter at stephaniesdish.com, I'm doing a whole Thanksgiving rundown of every recipe I have for Thanksgiving that's going to be coming out this week. So just keep checking back. Sorry we don't have it all organized for you, but a lot's going on. What's going on? Uh, okay, so wrapping up with the locals to love, is there some fun stuff happening? Um, let's see. Or is it just feast worthy? It's kind of just, well, I mean, again, you got to come up and I'm going to, I'm just going to say again, you got to come up and see me at, uh, Holly the Gold Fabulous. Holly yes. But also <clears throat> Arts and Rec opened. How do you feel about that place? You and know, I got feels. It's cute. I it's, think it's cute. Uh, it's run by the folks that do Can Can Wonderland. It is. They're no longer part of Can Can Wonderland, just to be clear. Oh, so they've broken off. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea of something in Uptown to give it a spark. And, you know, I'm I'm a homer. I want all of our neighborhoods to have good restaurants and good places to go. And if this is the spark that kind of gets people feeling good about Uptown again and visiting right. it, and I'm all for it. Right. Me too. I think it's cute. And I think the, the golf course is fun. 
And I think the bar and the restaurant, I would absolutely go sit and eat Dorito crusted cheese curds. Yes. Yes. Yes, so why not? Dorito crusted cheese curds. Um, can I tell you about an event that's happening tonight, which I kind of am a little bit, I feel like the dishes should know about this place. So the Tango Society of Minnesota. Oh, I'm already there. Aren't you there? Tonight they have a tango and pie event. Come for the tango. Stay for the pie. Yes. Head, it's at Flying Pig Studios. And this is where they do dance lessons and all this stuff. But I just feel like, why are we not taking tango lessons? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's I, amazing. We should absolutely be taking tango lessons. Could we do it together? Because otherwise you're going to have to find a man to tango with. Do I? <laughs> I was just going to say, I'll do it with you. Can I just tango? <laughs> um, that would be really fun. By the way, did you know that the Roxy's Cabaret is open on, on over Nicolette Diner? Taking, take over the... Uh, they took over the um, Ichiban Par- space, remember? Kept, yes. And so that was across from the Hyatt. So Nicolette Diner's open, but the Roxy's Cabaret, I didn't realize their cabaret was also open. I did not realize that either. They have a Sunday show. I don't know if I can say it, the B word and bubbles. Can you say that? Biatches. Yeah, biatches and bubbles, where they're doing brunch, bloodies, bubbles, and broads. $10 ticket. I mean, why not? Okay, that sounds real Doesn't fun. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. I think that's a great thing to do. I'm all excited about that. Yeah. That's a lot of fun one. Um, if you like puppies. Oh, hello. I know. There's huskies. If they're not about, naughty like you, Stanley. No, but do you like huskies? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like huskies? Is there anyone in the world? No, they're not. not really we don't our know friends them. if they... So the, they're doing the Howling with Bear Grease at Bauhaus today, at Bauhaus Brew Labs, and they've got all the sled dog puppies that you possibly need if you're feeling sad. Go here now okay that is so fun <laughs> they've got Anamali's barbecue obviously and they've got a lot of beer but from um it's from noon to 4 p.m today you guys and they've got john bear grease sled dog you know raising yeah. funds and stuff but you can go take you can like enter your own and there's, but here's the thing like all the people who have huskies are all going to be there too so cute you can peep your I can't own tell puppies. Ellie because I swear she'll come home with one. She will 100%. She's big into the husky breed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And um, they're very great dogs. They're just super energetic. I want you also to know this is an important moment um, that uh, Gia on the Lake. Remember when I was yes. talking about Gia out at Sovereign Estates? She's doing a pop-up at Cave Vin in town. You do not have to drive to Waconia to get this Chef Joe Seddon's food. And she's, I think she's darling and amazing. And she's taking over Cave Vin on Wednesday and Thursday nights between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's like fun. $48 per person. They're doing a prefix, a three-course dinner. Cafe Vin is a really sweet little restaurant. Undersung. Very much so. Undersung. Very much so. And a sweet little spot. I've already made a date with some girls to go on one of the days. So okay. Like, I, I'll check my it. calendar. I'll see. And I know. The last thing I want to really talk about is the uh, Asian Mall in Eden Prairie. Please, because they put us something out on their Facebook and they were like, yes, we are open, but please do not just, come driving down here and expect to just get in right away because they want to like roll it out slower. Listen, and I think there's something about, I don't know what happened, but every single news station covered it like, like never before I feel like and every TV station and every you know whatever so they got a lot of press and so there's a lot of people who want to go see it and I did get to walk through when I did the sneak peek on Fomai and I'm just telling you it's a cool space but like it's going to be cool for a while so just let it let it hang let it get finished yeah let it marinate let it get cool in time and you don't want to fight a ton of people you know what I mean like there's time so that's all I'll say about that Okay, because that I saw that and was like, oh, that sounds really good too. I know. No, I love it. Um, okay, so Stephanie. Do we have any other questions? Things. No, I think 
I have you seen the billboard that <coughs> is basically right outside our office that the headline is make food go further. Yeah, I don't understand. Freeze foods to help them last longer. Um, I just want you to know I also These are took your government dollars at work. Did you really? I took a photo and I was like is this what we're doing? Do we I have was to like, tell why? people to freeze their food? What is happening? That Washington is- County and Ramsey County? You spent money on a billboard and maybe you got it donated. I hope you did. I hope you did. To tell people to freeze their food. All right. It cracked me up. Ciao, All ciao. right. Lots coming up. Stay tuned. Keep coming back to the Facebook page. We'll get you taken care of. Have sure. a great shopping day. Bye.